0: Welcome to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams. In response to the San Bernardino shootings, President Obama said we have a pattern now of mass shootings in this country that has no parallel anywhere else in the world. We're going to hold an open forum today on Access Utah. We are inviting you to call, email, tweet, Facebook, however you'd like to get to us, and talk about this. Uh, of course, we can't solve this all in one fell swoop, but I think uh, talking, trying to talk through this, at least talk through our feelings, is valuable. Um, and uh, we're going to ask you, why are so many mass shootings happening in the U.S.? What can be done about this? What should we do? Is this the new normal? We're talking about terrorism, gun accessibility, mental illness, media coverage, culture, religion, prayer shaming, and more. As we get to this, uh, you can control the agenda here with your question or comment, and here's how to get to us. You can call us at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at Utah Public Radio, and uh, we have our Facebook uh, account up, uh, Utah Public Radio. And uh, my co-host today is uh, Matt LaPlante from USU's journalism department. He joins us from the KUER KUER studios in Salt Lake City. Matt, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Um, we, uh, we certainly, there's a lot to talk about. Um, uh, I wanted to start with this question, is this the new normal? It, it's just depressing to, to, to think about how the, how fast these, these mass shootings are coming. Uh, one Washington Post uh, columnist pointed out uh, data that mass shootings, uh, there have been more mass shootings in the calendar days this year. That's talking about uh, 2015, and in fact, uh, San Bernardino got all the headlines. But there was a mass shooting, or at least shootings that could be considered a mass shooting, in Savannah, Georgia, on that same day. That didn't get uh, much much play at all. Matt, I wonder what your feelings are on this.
1: Well, I mean, I think it, it, part of that question depends on how we're measuring things. There's there's different databases that measure mass shootings used on, used in, in with different metrics, and so um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that something that's that can be called a mass shooting happens every day uh, or almost every day in this country. Um, you know, where where more than one person is is killed or injured in gun violence. Um, the way we typically think of this kind of like this lone gunman walking into a public space and shooting randomly um situation it, it does happen a little less frequently but it almost doesn't matter i mean it, it, by by almost any metric what we're looking at now is the new normal which is that gun violence is pervasive in the united states of america and then the you know then the real question becomes what do we do about that and that's really
0: where you know the the biggest sticking point is i think in our country right now uh and uh i was reading just this morning there was a comment from ben carson of course you can you can, <laughs> at least uh, half the country can easily discount what ben carson is saying but i thought this was interesting and, and a bit depressing he was he was calling for um uh, drills you know we all ought to be drilling uh, in response to active shooter situations uh, much like we did during the cold war
1: you know it's not it, it's it's not an unreasonable uh thought, and it's one that's been shared by a lot of people, including uh, Dave Grossman, who's a uh, former army officer who wrote the book on killing and who observed way back in the in the mid-1990s that we drill for fires. Uh, we have fire alarms and fire extinguishers in every classroom, in every school in the United States of America, um, and one of the things that... Uh, we recognize about fires is that it does not happen very often. It, in fact, it does not happen uh, hardly at all in schools in America. And so Carson's, you know, Carson's thought about this, about the, this drilling thing, is it's it's terribly sad, uh, but it's also terribly realistic because our students today are more likely to die in gun violence in schools than they are in a fire. And of course, nobody, you know, nobody argues about drilling for fire.
0: And uh, I guess that's a better comparison—the the nuclear war drills. I'm old enough to have participated in, in those. And, and as a kid, I thought, well, what's this going to do? Uh, under my desk, and you know, nuclear fallout—it's not going to help me that much. But, uh, but, right. but, but, I, but I what, think we know, what we
1: do know—what we do know—is that people who are—and uh, this is again, this is this is an unfortunate acceptance of reality—is that people who are more prepared for these situations. Are more survivable in these situations, yeah. um, and I mean it's, it's it's a terrible it's 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 a terribly tragic statement about the state of um, gun violence
0: in America right now. We do have a caller on the line. We've got a bunch of emails, and we want to have this show driven by you. But uh, just before we go to that, uh, Matt, uh, one more uh, comment. Oh, uh, Sean uh, hung up. Well, Sean, uh, call back. Um, <laughs> we do have a bunch of emails, and we'll be getting to that. Uh, uh, and uh, Matt LaPlante is my co-host here, so we, we do want this to be an open forum. We want this to be uh, directed and driven by you. Uh, you can call us at 1-800-826-1495, upraxcess at gmail.com. We're on Twitter uh, uh, as well. Um, the, the, another very sad thing I was reading an article Matt that uh, uh, this was an article on the Oregon shootings and you know it seems like a long time ago now even though it wasn't and the the hospitals there uh, had been sent some pizzas by the staff uh, from Louisiana who had suffered a mass shooting and the, 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 the writer said this is a new tradition the, the hospital welcomes the, the new hospital to the mass shooting club yeah. That's, I mean, it, I don't know that
1: there's any sadder statement about, about just how expected this has become and how we've kind of had to turn to each other and, and start taking care of each other because this is part of our reality. and And like – that's probably important. It's important to, if, you, know, uh, as, you know, as a combat reporter, I turned to other people who had reported in combat before I went and after I went to know what to expect and then what to do with myself afterward. And I know this is something that, that we're uh, having soldiers doing when they're coming back from wars and we have firefighters do when they experience great tragedy and we have police officers do. And, you know, it is a big club now. And uh, people have been through this before. They've learned lessons along the way about how to deal with things. And um, if this is going to be part of our new normal, uh, that should
0: probably be part of our new normal as well. Let's go to our first caller, who is Sean in St. George. Sean, uh, was sorry for dropping you there, and uh, glad you came back. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. No problem. Nice to be with
2: you guys this morning. Uh, just a couple things. I think it's interesting to compare different countries having if we look at Switzerland Who they teach and they train? You know every male how to properly use You know handguns and rifles is they don't have a standing army and they have the lowest gun crime rates in the world and I think a part of that is because of the education they have about firearms whereas if you look to countries like Honduras, which have the stricter gun laws, they also have the highest homicide rate in the world per guns. And so I think um, it's more of a matter of educating people about firearms and how to use them. And in terms of preventing mass shootings, you know, there's a lot of people that serve in the Army or National Guard or whatever branch of the armed services it might be, and when they get home they may not have a job but it wouldn't in my mind be that bad to place those individuals in places such as schools or hospitals where they can ha- well where they have that experience of how to safely use a firearm and also how to protect people in the case of a mass shooting and that way they're also able to have employment instead of just saying thanks for going and risking your life overseas, now we're just going to kick you out to the street. And I kind of see it as a solution for for two different things. Um, but I just want to thank you guys for, for letting me talk with you this morning.
0: Thanks, Sean. Appreciate that. So uh, so Matt, Sean is suggesting uh, beefed-up security and, and, I guess, and more employment for, for vets.
1: You know, um, after uh, one mass shooting a couple of years ago, uh, I mentioned, um, you know, that uh, we have— police officers all across the country who are, uh, you know, do about 30% of their jobs in, um, offices, uh, you, you, police headquarter buildings. And, um, it, it might not be a bad idea to have police officers, uh, you know, if you got to do paperwork, you do paperwork anyway, right? have uh, police officers in remote offices and school buildings, which would have the effect of having them available for a whole bunch of different emergencies, but also disperse them throughout the community for other uh, types of emergencies. And, and as I said, like, uh, you know, you could do pl- paperwork anywhere. So I, I, you know, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, although it, it would be interesting to hear uh, some greater di- dialogue on the returning soldier, um, idea uh one thing i did want to mention about uh sean's comparison uh he mentioned switzerland and honduras there's a very popular uh viral um article going around comparing honduras and switzerland and uh, you know Honduras has one of the highest homicide rates in the world. Switzerland has one of the lowest. They have very similar populations. and so instantly, of course, people go they, they want to oh well, look, like how can that be? How could two countries of, of almost the exact same size have such such vastly different homicide rates? And the, one of the first things people go to is they say, OK, well you know what are the gun control laws in those countries and the 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 post that I think Sean's referring to, or that maybe he got his information from, notes that Honduras banned citizens from owning guns. That's actually not true. Hondurans can own guns legally. Uh, it says that uh, people in Switzerland have to own guns. That's also not quite true. Uh, there's a lot of nuance there. Um, but one of the biggest differences is we're talking about just this huge, incredible difference in gross domestic product. Uh, and, you know, Honduras In Hon, Honduras, is one of the poorest countries in the world. It is gang-ridden and drug-ridden. Switzerland is one of the richest countries in the world. Uh, it's been relatively peaceful going back to World War II. So, um, there's a lot of other differences there at play besides just uh, gun laws and, and requirements for who
0: can and cannot own a weapon. Uh, here's an email from Kathleen. Um, she didn't give us permission to use her full name, so I'll just use the first name. Uh, she says, I'm not sure my input would be appreciated by the audience or the nature of this forum. First, I disagree with President Obama and have a Wall Street Journal article to support it that many other countries have had mass shootings. America's not alone in this. That does not indicate that I think America has no problem, but I'm not sure the direction UPR is going will solve uh, solve the problem. So Matt Kathleen is is saying that, uh, you know, that... F- other countries have this this problem too it's not we 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 did focus this with with president obama's quote that uh, I'll quote him again we have a pattern now of mass shootings in this country that has no parallel anywhere else in the world
1: yeah, I mean, the United States represents uh, about five percent of the global population. We account for about thirty-one percent of the global mass shootings. So, in the last fifty years, so um, yeah, do, do we have the corner on the market of mass shootings? No, do you know? Is this an issue that is owned by us alone? Uh, absolutely not. But um, you know, we're we're six hundredfold overrepresented in terms of mass shooting in in this country.
0: And I think the, the – and we'll jump in right here on this subtopic. I think the elephant in the room for a lot of people is guns. And a, a lot of our comments, as, we, as you'll see in email so far, are about guns. Uh, let me preface this subtopic, Matt, by, by saying that uh, sometimes when we start talking about this, an official from Australia is trotted out. In fact, on Here and Now, here on Utah Public Radio a couple of months ago, the former deputy prime minister, they have had one big mass shooting in, in recent memory. Uh, just one and after that the the country mobilized the government passed stricter uh, gun laws they haven't had one since and you could you could quibble about you know uh, whether that has is is the contributing factor but uh, Australians will tell you a lot of Australians will tell you that Uh, so that that is the that is the kind of the elephant in the room is it not Uh,
1: I think there's (laughs) I think there's a lot of elephants in this room quite frankly Um, you know one of, uh, it's really difficult. I mean, it's just like it's very difficult to compare Honduras and Switzerland. I think it's very difficult to compare Australia and the United States. It seems very logical. We're talking about first world countries, Western cultures, Eastern, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, conservative governments largely, and the kind of global scale of things, kind of like this uh, rugged independent. Uh, Kind of streak that both Australians and Americans share. There's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences between these two countries. So just, you know, and including the fact that that Australia, to my understanding, does not have written into its constitution a right to bear arms. So, you you know, just kind of from a starting point of, you know, the government saying, you know, we're going to really restrict gun ownership. And they didn't ban guns, but they really restricted gun ownership and and have one, you know, a fairly rigorous uh, gun control program in Australia. Um, You know, the fight wasn't constitutional. You know, the fight was social and civic. And... um, you know just like uh, as a journalist you know like like i i don't want anybody messing with my free speech i understand that second amendment advocates you know are wary about people messing with their uh their right to bear arms and that that's a that's a significant difference in those two countries and the starting point that they, that australia took when it decided to limit guns and you know where where the united states could even feasibly or possibly
0: politically go yeah, you, you brought up that, for, for gun control people, that pesky Second Amendment. Uh, we, uh, unlike any other country, we do have it uh, baked right into the Constitution, and in recent years, the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, there is an individual right to bear arms. Uh, let's par- parse this out. Here is uh, this is from Karen, an email. You can email us, by the way. We'd love to have your comment or question at 1-800- 826-1495 or at gmail.com and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. My co-host for this open forum is Matt LaPlante from USU's journalism department. Here's uh, Karen's Comment. Uh, thanks for opening your lines on this topic. Uh, to this topic, I support hunting and individual gun ownership with proper screening, but we need to limit or ban access to semi-automatic weapons and large capacity magazines. This does not limit our rights to basic self-defense unless that is interpreted to mean any weapon. In that case, why shouldn't individuals have easy access to all military weapons? Obviously, we need to draw the line somewhere, and weapons designed for mass killing seems a logical place. It is not a slippery slope, to banning all guns. I wonder if a majority of Utahns doesn't actually feel that way. That's Karen's comment. So, Matt, she, she, Karen is drawing a, a distinction between, uh, I guess, you know, assault-type weapons and, and other weapons
1: yeah and you know in in the context of the conversation, I mean I, I think these are all good questions to ask. I think we should be asking them. I would love to hear from our our listeners on this as well about whether they think an assault weapons ban uh, would help the situation it's It's worth noting that assault weapons weren't used at Sandy Hook. Uh, they weren't used at newtown uh, uh, they I mean there's there's many, many mass shootings that uh, that assault weapons aren't used in. Um, Adam Lanza, the guy who dressed up like the Joker and went into, uh, a, um, a theater used a, uh, AR-15 style Bushmaster is a semi-automatic rifle. That's you know, that's under almost every definition of what people talk about when they talk about controlling these weapons, that weapon slides in, it, it remains legal. So, um, you know, it's, it's. it's there, there's definitely a conversation to be had about what, you know at what point do we decide that a, a weapon is is too dangerous or, or too deadly or just too crazy to let the populace have. Uh, you know we don't let the populace have chemical weapons, right? Uh, we don't you know generally uh, allow people to have rocket launchers. Um, but uh, you know as we start kind of trying to whittle these things down, we do need to recognize that, that most murders, most killings in this country, uh, they happen because of handguns. And there's not a whole lot of talk about banning handguns.
0: Yeah, certainly true. And uh, you know, gun rights people will tell you the more good guys out there with guns, the the better off we are. Of course, there's there's statistics to to uh, to say that uh, that hasn't worked. Most of these mass shootings, um, you know, the good guys have either gotten there late or arrived with the cops. Well, you know that kind of thing.
1: You know, there's an interesting. I mean, because we're in Utah, there's and and I'm actually sitting. Uh, maybe two miles away from where this happened. There's actually a pretty good, interesting case study of a good guy with a gun. It was the Trolley Square uh, shooting uh, that happened. Um, I'm trying to remember the date. It's been several years now. Uh, but there was a there was an off-duty police officer who had a concealed weapon. Uh, I'm looking it up now. 2007. Uh, there's an off-duty police officer who had a concealed weapon. And a gunman uh, walked into uh, this mall where people were shopping and eating and began to open fire. And the uh, off-duty police officer engaged the gunman. And by pretty much everybody's account, this police officer was able to save lives because he became the target of the gunman. And he pinned the gunman down until the SWAT team arrived and and killed the shooter. Um, So... You know there, there is definitely uh, some some very uh, valid concerns about the the good guy with the gun scenario. We also have to acknowledge in all of these things that that there are going to be anecdotes and there are going to be situations that uh, that uh, you know are that back those those assumptions
0: and I think that's a is a very real divide between the you know people with gun rights or gun control is that uh, you know is it uh... Good guys with guns is—is is that a good thing? Is that or are we all going to get cro- caught in the crossfire? And um, but it, but it is an ongoing uh, argument um, tied to culture as well. We'd talk as we go along, maybe we'll, one of our listeners talk about culture. Uh, here's another uh, email regarding guns. This is from our friend Gene Loun from USU, uh, who says the only answer to reducing gun violence is to reduce the number of guns, especially assault weapons. Gun violence is directly correlated with the number of guns. Deaths from gun violence in U.K., Canada, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand are a tiny fraction of the number in the U.S., even taking into consider our larger population. The data are crystal clear. More guns equal more deaths. She goes on to say the NRA successfully lobbied Congress. That is, she says, bribed with campaign donations to pass donations, pass legislation to prohibit the Center for Disease Control from conducting any research on gun injuries and deaths. And then she uh, cites uh, some uh, supporting uh, facts there. Um, she goes on to say more from the Salt Lake Tribune by Ryan Foley from the Associated Press from, uh, this month, uh, from, from October, uh, studies fewer gun deaths in states with strict gun laws. And, uh, goes on to talk more about that. Um, so, uh, so Matt, here's an argument, uh, for this idea. As she says, more guns equal more deaths. Just, the uh, U.S. is flooded with guns.
1: Uh, it is. There's two hundred and seventy some odd firemans. Fire fire firearms uh in this country. That's that's almost uh as many guns as we have people in this country. It's like three or four times more guns than are carried by police in this country. Um y- yeah, absolutely. We are a gun flooded nation. Um you know, my my question is really, and this is like, I I would really love to hear uh, both both from from uh, this individual and others in our community. What do you what do, what is the proposal that gets us to fewer firearms? If you believe that we should have fewer firearms in this country, what is a practical proposal that gets us there? Because, Tom, you know gun owners. I know gun owners. I think we all know a lot of gun owners um, who. Are not going to lay down their arms just because the government asked them to, right? So this is this is a practical, a practically infeasible thing. Just to say, let's get rid of guns in society. Let's let's ban guns in society. It's just not going to happen. So let's let's start with the premise that uh, if we reduced, you know, firearms by a hundred million in this country, we would still have hundred and seventy million firearms in this country. Um, where do we go from from there we are where we are we can't go back and rewrite our history we can't go back and rewrite our constitution or the way that it has been interpreted uh, over the course of 200 years for, by our Supreme Court so I'd really love to know about like what our listeners think are practical steps to take at this point given the fact that we we do have so many guns in this country
0: yeah that's a great question uh, we yeah we, and uh, you know, People who want to get rid of the guns would, uh, I guess, they would say in response to that, we've got to start somewhere. But you focused the question. We're throwing that out to you 1 800 826 1495. 1 800 826 1495. Toll free anywhere you're listening. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com. upraxcess at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter. At Utah Public Radio, uh, the question that Matt has uh, thrown out there: If if you believe we do need to start getting rid of the guns, what is your specific uh, proposal? Uh, uh, we do have Bettina on the line. Before we go to you, Bettina, I, I just wanted to uh, t- to treat this uh, one more thing on on guns. Uh, we'll have some more emails on this, I'm sure. Um, there is frustration, and um, you can sense the frustration in Jean's email, and she cites, uh, I think a lot of people think that this is pretty stinky, that the NRI successfully lobbied Congress, that the uh, Center for Disease Control cannot study, uh, you know, <laughs> gun violence. Uh, but that brings me to prayer shaming, and I'm sure you've heard about this, that, you know, some columnists have been saying, hey, thoughts and prayers, people, uh, let's have some action beyond the thoughts and prayers and the religious community is responding saying you don't understand prayer and we're not trying to change god we're trying to change our own hearts um but but w- what i think i detect in this is frustration on the part of the gun control people that uh, the nra has a lot of power and anything you try to anything you try to pass is probably going to be successfully parried by the nra
1: you know the research thing is interesting i think um uh, you know, there, there's. It's definitely fair to criticize Congress and the NRA for trying to stop researchers from collecting information. I, I think it's also fair to say that um, you know what, uh, gun uh, control advocates, you've been outplayed by the NRA. You, you know, like the. You, If you want to study gun violence in America, you can. There's there's no ban on studying gun violence in America right now. There's a ban on congressional funding. Um, You can work to change that, and while you're working to change that, you can raise money for independent research on gun violence in America. Um, You know, so I I I have sympathy for this because I think it's wrong that Congress should ban any kind study of anything in the United States of America. but on the other hand, like again, this is our status quo, right? This is this is the way things have been for quite some time, going back to uh, the 1990s, I believe, which is when this this ban was put into effect. Um, so the CDC can't study guns, and that that's a real tragedy. It's it's quite frankly pretty stupid. Um, but what are gun control advocates doing to mobilize
0: and deal with the status quo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's a good that's a good call to the gun rights people the gun control people um you know yeah, yeah. at a certain point you can just admire what the nra has done and try to follow that uh, blueprint uh let's go to bettina uh, bettina sorry i i blathered on a bit there and made you wait but uh we appreciate you uh you calling thanks for calling well,
3: thanks a lot i think you know addressing the real problem is about biology and human development um there's a documentary out called surviving technology and they point out that the human brain hasn't hasn't evolved or shifted for you know hundreds of thousands of years and yet you you know so you basically you give apes guns or you give apes chemical warfare or you give apes um you know all these men these armaments and everything and they just aren't our evolution hasn't developed us beyond that I would think we're kind of in an adolescent state of evolution, and, um, you know, I think about why take away guns when maybe we should be genetically engineering ourselves now that's on the horizon, to be more, um, you know, conscious of our environment and who we are and not so self-absorbed as a as a human population. Um, the question, you know, we've got the biology of fear, and then we have the problem of the virus of violence, which is in all our movies and all of our uh, things that we watch and everything. You know, you go to the movie theater, watch the coming attractions, and it's just bang, bang, bang all the way. And so I think that's part of our problem is the Catch-22, we're trying to, um, solve the problem by taking away things that can't be taken away, and that always forbidding humans things. They always want more. You know, we can go after the drug cabals, but we don't go after the armament cabals, all the refugee problems and everything. Maybe we should put the bill at the foot of the armament manufacturers around the world. They should pay for the refugees because the result of what they make is causing all that problem. I think um, our question is always who will protect us from our protectors, and that's why we want the right to bear arms. And so it, there's just so many aspects of the argument and the discussion, but I think it does go back to our biology.
0: Thanks, Bettina, for the, for the comment. Appreciate that.
3: Okay. Bye. Thank
0: Bye. You. That's Bettina in in Springdale. She called 1-800-826-1495. We're addressing mass shootings. We're asking, why are they happening? Is this the new normal? What can be done? We've been talking about uh, gun control or not. Uh, We've also got into uh, some much larger issues there with with Bettina. My co-host is uh, Matt LaPlante from USU's uh, journalism department. Anything you wanted to comment, uh, Matt, on Bettina's comments? Then we need to take take a break. Yeah, I think just the
1: complexity of... A lot of the issues that she has brought up are important to remember, right? Like we, none of this exists in a void. And um, you know, earlier on, I was saying it's very hard to compare, you know, two different countries. It's even difficult to understand what's going on in a singular country, right? I mean, like um, there's a there's a bit of a chicken and an egg question here, right? Are do are we violent because we see violence, or do we see violence because we are violence, and we always want to see ourselves reflected in our media? And you know how does that perpetuate uh, the ways that you know that our brains are wired, that the fear that we fear inside? Um, you know, solving gun violence in America, solving mass, mass shootings in America, isn't so simple as taking guns away. It's not so simple as putting a gun in everybody's hands. It's not so simple as giving a, every good guy a gun, and, or it's not so simple as taking a gun away from every bad guy because we're not good guys and bad guys. Um, I, I know very few people in this world who, if they looked at themselves and their circle of friends, would say, like, you know, we are all good or we are all bad. It's just it's, we're a far more complex creature than that. And so addressing this issue uh, can't be done in kind of like broad policy steps. It's really got to be done, um, you know, by changing who we are as a people, regardless of, you know, where the policies
0: lie on, on the individual arms. Let me before we take our break, we do have some calls that we'll take after the break as well. I just wanted to bring this in because I think it fits logically here. I was reading in a political magazine an article on uh, in response to the Oregon shootings, and uh, they cited an article from Mike.com, This is from Matthew Rodriguez uh, titled his article titled six surprising ways to curb gun violence that have nothing to do with gun control. And so he talks about prison reform, addressing structural racism, uh, correcting income inequality. Uh, you know, attacking the big problems. And that's kind of where Bettina was was heading. Um, so let's take a break. We are talking about uh, mass shootings in America. We're throwing out the questions uh, Is this the new normal? What can be done? Matt has thrown out a, uh, a question I think is a provocative one. Uh, if you do want gun control, if you want to reduce the number of guns, what are your specific proposals? Um, and uh, we would love to hear from you at 1 eight hundred eight two six one four nine five. 826 1495. Or at gmail.com. More following the break.
1: The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at usu.edu/hr.
4: The amount of water you consume every day plays an important role in maintaining your health. Water makes up sixty percent of your body weight. Every day you lose water, and it's important to replenish your water supply to maintain proper body function. Experts recommend 8-10 to glasses of water each day for good health. Water helps maintain the balance of body fluids. Water can also help control calories, especially since water is calorie free. Water helps keep skin looking good and healthy. Water can help keep you full and your blood sugar at a normal level. Water can also aid in a healthy weight by flushing out toxins. How can you get all your glasses of water in a day? Try having a glass of water at every meal also eat more fruits and vegetables because they have a higher water content and bring a water bottle on the go this is nicole jackson from the be well program at utah state university remember to live well work well and be well
0: thanks for listening to access utah today yet another mass shooting Uh, One columnist has pointed out we have more mass shootings than we have days in the year, at least so far in 2015. Um, And we're trying to respond, at least on an an emotional level, certainly, what are are your feelings, and uh, then trying to wrap our minds around this and what can be done. President Obama has said, we have a pattern now of mass shootings in this country that has no parallel anywhere else in the world. One of our emailers today, responders to the program, has pushed back on that, uh, but others will agree with him. And uh, so we're holding an open forum, and uh, you're directing the direction of the program with your questions or comments. And here's how to reach us, 1-800-826-1495, one 826 1495 Uh, Toll-free anywhere you're listening. You can reach us by Twitter, uh, at Utah Public Radio. uh, You can find us on email as well, upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Matt LaPlante from USU's journalism department uh, joins me as co-host, and he's uh, joining us from the KUER studios in Salt Lake City. We appreciate him uh, being with us. We do have some some callers. Uh, TJ is our next caller up. TJ, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment.
3: I just wondered if uh, anybody uh, was going to address the fact that most of the mass shootings, per se, have been occurring in mostly, you know, more gun control areas. I mean, especially France. They don't really have any weapons.
1: That's it.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks, TJ. Uh, Matt Lapine, what do you think?
1: Um so this is something that's brought up a lot in the United States. Um, you know I mean the first thing to do to push back against France is that the mass shootings don't happen very often in France. This is uh, you know one of the reasons why there's such a wake up call for France was because it is so rare the, there. Um, but uh, you know like there there are actually a relatively small number of gun free places in the United States, um, you know, respective to the rest of the world. Uh, we have more firearms than you know per capita than than any other country in the world. Um, uh, guns are prolific. they're everywhere. We have more concealed carry, uh, permit holders in this country, uh, you know, in, in in most states, than uh, could even be imaginable in most places in the world, and yet we lead the world in mass shootings. So, um, I you know, it's 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 not so easy to say like, oh well, it, when we ban guns, that's when people with guns go and go to place and and shoot, right? I mean, and I'll use Trolley Square as an example again. Um, you know, like here's a state, uh, with so many concealed weapons holders. Uh, here is a state with uh, that, that gives out concealed weapons permits with such relative ease that people from all across the United States come and they get their pre- concealed weapons permit in Utah because it's it's relatively easy to do so. Uh, we still have mass shootings here sometimes. Um, it it happens everywhere. Um, you know if now, that said, if I am a bad guy with a gun, as some people like to put it, and I am going to, you know, make a decision about where I can do the most damage, am I going to look for a place that it's maybe a little less likely that I am going to get shot back at right away? Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, people shoot at cops, and cops are armed, so like, did the, the, the fallacy that it's you know it, it's there's just a um. You, you, there's just a, a, a movement of people who have bad intentions with guns to go to places where there aren't guns. I, I think doesn't doesn't
0: hold uh, complete weight. Let's go to our next caller, who is Margaret in Vernal. Margaret, glad you called.
5: Oh, thank you. Um, uh, one one thing I was going to suggest was that maybe we ought to be treating g- gun control much as we do our um, vehicles um, and. Uh, when when you uh, sort of refuel, you you obviously have a license for your car, and maybe something like that could do for um, licensing guns and uh, getting um, uh, uh, cartridges, et cetera. But I don't think assault rifle rifles uh, belong in the public. I think they are strict should be kept strictly for military purposes. Hmm. And um, uh, also, I, I thought I heard somebody say that uh, France was the only one that had gun control. The, the um, English have a pretty strict gun control mm-hmm. and have done for many years.
0: Yeah, oh, thank you, Margaret appreciate that. Thank you. And I think uh, the, TJ's point was uh, that this, this these uh, incidents, at least in his view, are happening where there's stricter gun control, so that it probably in his estimation would include England. Um, so, um, Matt, this idea of licensing, we do have licensing of, of guns, and uh, any stricter licensing would, I guess, have to go through... Through the Second Amendment, through the NRA,
1: it, it, I mean it would be pushed back upon by uh, gun control or uh, gun advocates, gun ownership advocates. Um, you know, the getting getting to that point is going to require. Uh, laws, laws which are going to be fought over uh, tooth and nail, um, both within Congress and the people who uh, support Congress. Uh, you know, so I. But it's it's not a bad thing to bring up these analogies. It's like, look, here's what we do with cars, right? Uh, We require people to have licenses. We require them to pay a tax every year. We require them to have insurance. Um, If their car is used in the crime, we require them to take responsibility unless they can prove that they were a victim of that crime as well. And, um, you know, these aren't bad starting points for conversations about what can be done. Um, it's, it's also fair to note, I think, that there are a lot of gun owners out there who would also like to see greater gun control in this country uh, if it was reasonable, re- reasonable and prudent to do so. Um, there's not a whole lot of people in this country, for instance, who want people who have been violent, uh, who have been convicted of violent crimes, to own guns. Uh, there's not a whole lot of people in this country who want people who are demonstrably uh, mentally ill and uh, to have access to firearms. There are not a lot of people in this country who want people who are on terrorism watch lists to be able to, walk into a gun store and purchase a weapon. There's a lot of common ground that we can get to. Um, you know, th- Even that common ground is going to be fought over. But if, if we kind of start with the common ground areas, I think we're a lot better off than saying, let's take all assault rifles off the streets. Because there's not common ground on that. There's, there's, just, there's, not, uh, th- there's just not enough of the middle of America
0: who's willing to go that direction to make that happen. And yet, and as we pointed out before, and our callers have, uh, NRA doesn't want a lot of those things. So I guess we you you would say that uh, gun control people get your act together, <laughs> build a machine as, as 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 effective as the NRA. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I I, I really would.
1: I, I you know everybody blames the NRA for everything. I think the NRA's membership is is in the order of a couple of million people. Um, there's a great quote in, uh, the West Wing, the Aaron Sorkin, uh, television show about the white house, uh, uh, from a guy who said, you know, like, I don't understand you gun control people. You know, the NRA has, I think in the quote, there's 2 million members in the NRA. You guys show up to the next meeting with 3 million members and you call a vote. Let's get rid of guns. And then... It's over, right? I mean and, and it's maybe not as simple as that, right? The NRA should be allowed to exist. They should be allowed to have uh, membership and, and and have like cause. But where is the organization? if we, like if we're going to blame the NRA for everything, where is the organization that stands up in opposition? If we're so convinced that the NRA is is so evil and it has taken over America, right? Where is the organization that stands in opposition?
0: Let's uh, – we have uh, – I want to uh, go through these next five uh, comments uh, just to, sort of in order to make sure we get everybody in. And then, and then I'll have uh, Matt to comment on anything or everything on, on, on what, what has been said. So take notes, Matt. Um, but this is all on gun control. I would like to uh, go to another couple of aspects of this. We do have some other emails on this. We likely will uh, go over top of the hour. Um, so, uh, Matt, I don't know if you're able to stay – we do yeah, I, I can stick around. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so uh, this is from Glenn. Glenn says, licensing gun owners should be the first step in the approach to change the current gun climate positively. I believe yesterday there was a segment on UPR in the afternoon that addressed the topic of guns. One interview talked about Switzerland and its open gun laws. Their laws focused upon the person rather than the guns. It was predicated on the ideal that guns don't kill people, people kill. There, uh, there, one could purchase guns with about the same freedom as we have in the U.S., but potential owners had to be qualified, vetted, etc. It's ironic that many conservatives today want refugees to be closely scrutinized before being allowed entry, but when the idea that gun owners and potential gun owners should have the same or similar inspection. People are where we need to start. It's more difficult to obtain the privilege to drive a car than it is to purchase and own a gun. That's so what Margaret was alluding to. As society, uh, we we as a society, we feel important to vet out our bad drivers due to inability, emotional and psychological issues, and physical problems. We, as a society, need to license and continually relicense gun owners. I am and have been a responsible gun owner for 30 plus years. That is Glenn. We go next to um, this is uh, Brock. Brock says uh, the Second Amendment is being threatened every day. But as George Washington said, quote, a free people ought not only to be armed and disciplined, but they should have sufficient arms and ammunition to maintain a status of independence from any who might attempt to abuse them, which would include their own government, end quote. And uh, Brock goes on to say background checks are necessary, but our rights should not be abused. Uh, thanks for these uh, comments. Let's go uh, next to Clemens. Uh, Clemens called in. Didn't want to go on the air, but this uh, is the gist of, uh, of his comments. Uh, Clemens said that the Second Amendment gives Americans uh, the right to be- become a shooter, and we also have a right to become a professional, but only with certain amount and level of tests. However, we fail to require the same testing procedures for gun ownership. There's the uh, analogy to uh, professionals and the, the licensing that happens there. Uh, next up is Mike. He says, The true problem that we have here in the United States is that we have a culture where we accept violent solutions to problems. The gun is simply used as an easy tool to exercise that violent solution. Even if we could take away all the guns, people would still want to solve their problems with violence. Until we were able to address that part of the problem, there will be no end to gun violence or any other kind of, uh, of violence. And finally, for this uh, Uh, segment, as we do a lightning round of some comments by email. Uh, This is from Ted. He says, I don't know the ethics of me... uh, uh, Let's see. um, If the uh, purpose of an object is uh, stripped to its essence, you can isolate the uh, issues. Guns exist for the sole purpose as a tool of killing or maiming. The next step is that this takes a human actor to use this tool. This, I believe, is the crux of the disagreement. As for actions... Laws to create death by a thousand lashes is the only way to make incremental improvements. For example, if we make the last registered user responsible for uh, crime committed, then I believe there would be a stronger move to better manage one's personal aims, uh, personal arms rather, excuse me. Alternatively, if an airbag or braking system in a car fails, the production company is held responsible. Why not guns? Finally, close loopholes in the person-to-person gun sales or fares. Just my two cents, says Ted. So there's a, a, a varying cornucopia of opinions on, uh, most on gun control or or guns and uh, their effect on mass shootings. Uh, Matt, I, I went through those uh, quickly. I wanted to get everybody in. Uh, any, any comments on all that? <laughs> um,
1: I, that was a lightning round. But this is good. This this actually this shows and what we had there, uh, which which is encouraging to me, was a lot of people from a lot of uh, clearly a lot of different walks of life. Um, with, with a lot of different opinions, but all acknowledging that we do have a problem with violence in our society and that there is probably something that we can do about it. And I think that is a starting point, um, you know, as opposed to this kind of like hands in the air, um, you know, it's, we just can't do anything about it. So why even try? Which I think, I, you know, I, I fear that our society is moving toward. It gives me hope to hear A lot of people offering a lot of different ideas without just saying, no, you can't do anything about the rights of gun ownership in America right now or, you know, all we can do is take all the guns off the street. There is middle ground in our society and what it's going to take, it's going to take brave leaders, uh, both political leaders and civic leaders, um, and community leaders and religious leaders. It's going to take brave people to stand up and say, you know what, it's time for, for all of us to come to the table and start talking about these things. Um, a couple of specific questions, um, you know, uh, I, I heard Glenn talk about, you know. Figuring out who's qualified and vetted for owning guns. Uh, another writer said that there should be, you know, there's there should be tests for gun ownership. Uh, the slippery slope there is, is of course. The, the gun ownership is a right in America, much like voting is a right in America. We've had tests for voting before, and our Supreme Court decided, you know what, like that's actually a really bad idea. We can't determine who gets to vote and who doesn't get to vote based on whether or not they, they pass the test. Now, it, does that mean it's it's off the board? Am I saying that it's you know like like we're in danger of a Jim Crow situation? Y- yeah, I am because there's a whole lot of people in the United States right now who are following a candidate who thinks there should be a religion just qualification for who gets to come into this country right so um you know like would that end up on a test right are you a muslim you're not you're a muslim you can't have a gun right um now i i you and i and i think most reasonable people would say that's crazy but uh but there's a slippery slope there um and then brock mentioned uh, uh george washington's uh quote about arms and ammunition, uh, I'll, I hasten to point out, as I do anytime my students or anybody I'm, I'm having a conversation with, you know, t- tells me what the founders were thinking, that first, we don't know what the founders were thinking, uh, second, even they, they left us a pretty good record to give us an, a good idea of what they were thinking. They were not perfect. Uh, they were slave owners. They s- suffered through a couple of uh, trials and tribulations uh, in putting together this government that did not work out, uh, and they were not fortune tellers. There was no no way that George Washington could have known what the country would look like now. It is not bad at all to look at our founders for thoughts about you know kind of the basic concepts that, that built our nation, but trying to apply uh, you know 18th century logic to you know, 21st century America, I think, is is
0: uh, is dangerous. We are going to go over the top of the hour, but we will uh, try to be done by six minutes past the hour just to uh, to alert our uh, callers. But we do want to get your emails and calls in, and you can still call 1-800-826-1495. Email is upraccess at gmail.com. And my co-host today is Matt LaPlante from USU's journalism department. Um, And we're talking, of course, about mass shootings, what can be done. Uh, Here's an interesting email from Samuel. This came in through uh, Facebook. He says, I see two trends in mass shootings. The first involves young men with psychiatric issues. The second involves those who see themselves as fighting a war against our country. And I'll give just some of the, uh, the you know the stats that he, he uses to back this up. Um, It is depressing to go through this. He says, Under the young men with psychiatric issues. 1999, Columbine, 36 shot, ended in suicide, psychopath and depressive. 2007, Virginia Tech, 58 shot, ended in suicide, extreme anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. 2008, Northern Illinois University, 27 shot, ended in suicide, mental illness. I'll skip down to 2015, Oregon Community College, 19 shot, ended in suicide, Asperger's. Uh, then the second uh, theme that he sees, Samuel sees, involves those who see themselves fighting war against our country. So 9 3,000 killed, 2013, Boston bombing, 265 injured, 2015, San Bernardino, 35 shot. He goes on to conclude, so the first reason is psychiatric problems, and war has always resulted in mass killing. Why do so many young people have psychiatric problems? Has it always been this way? It appears to be on the rise. If so, Why? Are the new drugs uh, used that, uh, to, to treat mental illness causing violent tendencies? These questions need to be answered. By the way, Samuel will be having a series of programs on this very issue of uh, mass shootings. We'll have a mental illness episode as we go along. Uh, in the meantime, Samuel says, I carry a gun. And I've taken the time and effort to be highly trained in its use. If a shooting starts near me, I will be shooting back. That's what uh, Samuel says. So that's interesting, Matt. Uh, he, he sees two main themes here. Um, So I'm going to make one point of correction. Asperger's
1: is not a mental illness. It's a developmental uh, disorder. Uh, By and large, though, his observational. It's true that it it is a great uh, and unfortunate theme in our society that mental illness and gun violence seem to go hand in hand, especially where it uh, applies to mass shootings uh, and in particular, these really terrible mass shootings that um, make the news the most. Um. So, but but yeah. I mean, I I think those are all
0: valid and, and logical questions uh for us to be asking right now. Here is uh, Nancy and Logan. She says what Jean Loun said is correct, talking about uh, gun control. Guns are the problem. I agree with her completely. And uh, let's see. Pull this up here. And the frustrating thing is that every time you try to discuss the reasonable issues of control, such as not selling guns online, registration especially for assault weapons, background checks, the gun nuts, that's Nancy's characterization, come back with, uh, quote, don't let them take our guns, end quote. This is not about killing the Second Amendment and taking away guns. But none of us, in all caps, uh, should have to worry about getting shot on the streets of our cities when we go to the library, grocery store, school, or wherever. We need to be in the course of a normal day. And the first answer I see is to license gun owners and register guns. There's no magic bullet. No pun intended for this. But we have to start somewhere. And then Nancy adds a P.S. I'm not afraid of guns. I don't hunt anymore. But we own a rifle and shotgun. This debate is not about those. It's about assault weapons that exist uh, for the sole purpose of killing human beings. Tom, you know what I've heard uh... Uh, from from a
1: bunch of uh, our our contributors today, is uh, I am a gun owner. I am a gun owner. I am a gun owner. I have a rifle. I have a handgun. I these are the people that we should be listening to, right? I mean, if, if we're troubled by what what Nancy refers to as the gun nuts, let's not talk to the gun nuts. Let's not let's not worry about the gun nuts. Let's talk to the reasonable people who are gun owners and have some stake in owning a gun in our society and have some experience in owning a gun in our society and get them on board. If 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 we're the gun control advocate people, right? I mean, like if if we believe that there's part of the country that that we're so convinced. Uh, is so crazy and so out there that they're not even reasonable and so unreasonable that we're going to call them a nut, then fine, don't talk to those people. But there's a lot of reasonable people in our country that you can find coalition with.
0: Uh, that's where the conversation needs to be. Uh, here is a comment that came in by via Facebook. This is Rick from Salem, Oregon, who says, Mass shootings are the result of hate, period. We will never be able to stop everyone who hates. As we prepare for Christmas, we begin the story of the birth of Jesus, who was later killed because of hate. What are your beliefs? This may be a good time to care for others around you. It may not change their belief, but possibly set an example that may have an impact. Love is likely the only thing that will impact mass shootings. It's not guns, it's the shooter. So that's uh, Rick said, you know, goes to we're, we're human beings, we... Some of us have hate and that leads to to mass shootings. I always like a I always like a good old-fashioned call for love your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, this, this takes this or could take I will take it to religion. There's an interesting, uh, an interesting thing that happened and I believe this is in England. There was a stabbing. I don't know if you heard about this, Matt. And there's, a, there's some audio that's gone viral. Um, in the midst of this shooting, there's a man with a, with a British accent. Who yell? And it's, I think he's he's Muslim. The the attacker is Muslim. I don't know if we have this clip. We do have this clip. So let, let's let's hear this. I want to want to hear this. Uh, so this is what this man, this this bystander, says to his fellow his fellow Muslim. So and I believe that where that came from is the the stabber, the attacker was shouting this was about Syria. But this the the, this 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 uh, person who was there felt the need to, you know, to yell out what he did. You, You ain't no Muslim, bro. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: I I think, um, you know, like more and more of us need to say that to uh, those around us who have extreme views and are using those extreme views to perpetuate hate and violence. And and not just, um, you know, my brothers and sisters who are Muslim, but my brothers and sisters who are Christian and Jewish and atheist and everything else. Um, You know, we need to call each other out and and remind each other each other that the, the bottom line, really, in, in all of our religions and all of our walks in life
0: is, uh, is loving one another and, and tolerating one another. Uh, we do have a, a submission through our Utah Public Insight Network. It's very lengthy, and the, uh, the submitter did not want us to, uh, to break this up, so we'll put this on our uh, website, uh, that's how we can, can handle that. Uh, we are just have a couple of minutes uh, here. Um, since I've got a uh, professor who studies media, a journalism professor with me, I wonder what your take on the on the media response, uh, not just San Bernardino, but it, but in general.
1: Um, you know, I was having a, a really uh, good conversation with a student about this yesterday about the, the the challenges that the media has in covering events like this because when they first happen. Everybody did like the, the the thirst for raw information is so powerful on the part of the community and the, the demand for information is so powerful that, the you know, the media tries to fill a void that just can't be filled. And then, you know, when journalists try to go back and do... You know the the very much more meticulous work of piecing together what happened uh, the nation's attention has moved on and um, and you know oftentimes the only people who are paying attention at that point are people who have a dog in the fight those are you know people who are you know advocates in one way or in another for one view or another um you know i I It would take a whole nother show, Tom, to to talk about, you know, media and violence in America. Um, But I would say that the media is a reflection largely of us. It is today now more than ever. Uh, Most of us get our media from, at least in part, from the social media. And we all have a part in that. And um, so, I mean, I guess what I would say is that, uh, you know, my call consistently over the past few years is to be conscientious about how you are contributing to the media, um, because we we all are the media now. And the way that we respond to gun violence in America or to anything in America is, is a, a reflection of us all today more than it ever has been before.
0: Well, and as I mentioned before, we're going to have a series of episodes on on Access Utah on uh, all aspects of this. Next week, we'll be talking about the media. Uh, so that perhaps we'll have you back on if you're if you're willing to do that, talk about the media. Um, we're, we're going to talk about um, mental illness as well. We're going to talk about several aspects of this as we go along, and that will be coming uh, about an episode a week uh, going uh, forward. Uh, Matt LaPlante, uh, journalism professor at uh, USU, has uh, joined us from the KUER studios in Salt Lake City. Matt, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for starting this conversation, Tom. And thank you all for joining the conversation. The conversation can continue at upraxis at on our website at upr.org as well. Thank you so much for responding to the program today. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, hd
1: one Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan.